something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Then give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, should you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jockstraps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch! It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Monsters. Hello and welcome to Screaming Queens, the queer horror podcast. My name is Jonathan Larkin and tonight, I always say tonight, but people are probably listening to it during the day, but anyway, um, I am joined by Mr. Andrew Roberts from Nasty Pasty Podcast. Hello, Andrew. Hi, how I'm are you, John? You, I'm, calling you, I'm calling you Andrew like you're in trouble. Did you know? <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm good, Andy. How are you? Yes, coping well. Yeah, you know, all, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a crazy old time at the moment. So we're still in lockdown. We're still sort of scrambling for things to fill the time. Although I'm sure um, Andy's had um, plenty to fill his time. I know that you've had a lot going on. So mm. um, this is probably a welcome distraction for you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually nice to actually get get to sit down and watch a film for once yeah like it's the the amount of films i have and the the ratio of actually watching them to rather rather than just buying them outright is is ridiculous so yeah it was nice to at least sit down and watch something that we know that collectively we're going to talk about yeah yeah. (laughs) what a a choice what a choice of film yeah this one kind of fell almost through serendipity into our laps really this didn't it it really did yeah so um People, so the last episodes I put out would have been the Sleazy Queens episode two. So Sleazy Queens is the spin-off from Screaming Queens, which was a brainchild of Chris Brown and Andy and myself. And we basically wanted to combine our love of all things exploitation and do a little sort of spin-off. So Screaming Queens is a, a horror podcast from a queer perspective, but um, I love so many other things other than horror. That sort of crossover with horror in a big way, exploitation mm. often does. But I thought we would do some episodes covering things that aren't necessarily in the horror bracket, although you could argue tonight's um, film choice is quite horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for multiple um, reasons. Multiple, multiple reasons. So that's what we're doing. So Andy couldn't join us for our episode two, which was Emmanuel in America, which we were very sad about, but I'm oh, sure no. you enjoyed listening to it. It was it was very good. Very, very good. Um, and Andy actually had an answer. So we had, a, we had a bit of a question that we couldn't quite answer on the Emmanuel in America podcast. So Chris mm. and Stephen Moore and myself were talking about the the scene of the, the bestiality scene with the horse wanking. And we mm. were wondering how on earth they got that actually made because we were wondering what's legal and what isn't. So mm. you have the answer to that, don't you, Andy? <laughs> Wait to dob me in. Um, <laughs> yes, I do sort of have the answer. But basically, um, I think, especially in, I know in the UK, that animal pornography is automatically illegal under the extreme pornography act or whatever it is but it basically specifies that it has to be an act of oral or penetrative sex with an animal in order to maintain an illegality but 
strangely, I think I remember reading oddly somewhere later on that actually it excludes sex with dead animals, which is very, very odd. So it's oh. like there's a, yeah, there's a provision for dead animals, but not living. But right. I, think that, I think that the way that D'Amato has done it is that by only portraying a sort of a light fondling, yes. <laughs> he sort of got around a lot of legal barriers because I'm pretty sure it must be something similar in other countries that yeah. you, you can't sell like actual pornography of an animal for profit. So right. he kind of skirted around it by flirting, you know, with, with that idea. But uh, yes, yeah, certainly. It down. <laughs> he was keeping it in the romance spectrum. <laughs> Well, you know, he's lucky he didn't he didn't go down the um, penetrative or oral um, path because uh, he would have ended up paying fines, hand over fist. <laughs> yes. Well, also, I mean, just the the direct danger to his actors or actresses as well, because it's quite well known that animals are not known for their gentle lovemaking. <laughs> I wouldn't know, um, but um, and also the poor horse. I, I was just troubled by the horse, by what was happening to the horse the whole time, and the horse's welfare and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, like you said, like you said, there's there's not really a, a similar equal to consent for animals. Yeah, so yeah. animals can't truly consent because they're not like humans. They don't have the same sexual drive and the same sentience unfortunately so yeah yeah, they can't they can't consent really (laughs) in any legal way but there we go we have we have our answer to how joe damato would have gotten around the yes just in case any of you were wondering i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure it's been keeping a lot of people up at night to be honest um so talk so within five minutes of recording we're already talking about that woman wanking off a horse and i think it sets the tone perfectly for absolutely episodes so without further ado welcome back to sleazy queens episode three Tonight's episode, we are discussing the 1976 black exploitation, slave exploitation, uh, piece of trash, passion plantation, yeah. Yeah. Um, aka Black Emmanuel, White Emmanuel. So, in the Deep South, Emmanuel is the daughter of a plantation owner with aspirations of taking over the place herself. She's cruel, sadistic, and often naked, and joins forces with her lover Lawrence to gain power. But when Lawrence falls for slave girl Judith, Emmanuel's jealousy takes her cruelty to the next level. Hell hath no fury like a racist bitch scorned. Will Judith and the other slaves survive her wrath? Will any of them come out fully clothed? Do we care? I must say, you just don't use discipline. 
<laughs> My little magnolia blossom, I'm getting too old and sentimental. I only make them work 10 hours a day now. I hope you're not just going to talk about our future plans. I plan to give you what you're looking for. Well, I declare you tried to kiss me just then. Take him out and rip the sass out of him. Sure. Come on, black boy. You're doing fine. When you're in my house, Lawrence, I won't have you playing around with my property. Let this be a lesson to you, darling. Have you a mind to preach at me or to put your hands on the family help? Next time, don't keep me waiting. Um, so this film stars Melissa Longo as Emmanuel. Um, she was in also in Salon Kitty. Mm. She was in such such um, pieces of high art as Sexy Sinners, Naughty Nuns, and uh, an Ilsa ripoff called Helga. It uh, also she was she was also in Fraulein Devil, which is uh, like an Ilsa yes. ripoff. Another yeah. one. There we go. Um, Lawrence is played by Antonio Gismondo, but I'm going to choose to call him Antonio Gismondo because it, <laughs> surely that has to be what his name is. He's also in the uh, the other version of this film, Mandinga. He's also in Emmanuel and the White Slave Trade. Mm-hmm. It also stars Risa Manor as Judith, who is the slave girl, and she's also in SS Camp 5, Women's Hell. Of course she is. And introducing Percy Hogan, as Elias, who is one of the other slaves, and he is also in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Mm. He's yes, it, we have fond memories of him in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, which I'm sure we'll discuss. Yes. He is also in the uh, he's in another Black Emmanuel film, the one that Laura Gems is not in. Yeah, the um, uh, was it Albertini, the director of the original Black Emmanuel? Many yeah. many years later, just decided to do a true sequel, but yeah, omitted probably the best part of the original, which is, you know, Laura Gemser. I mean, it seems almost like it's exploitation suicide to have done that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that's also been dubbed by fans as Black Emmanuel in a mental hospital. Um, <laughs> um, interestingly, Percy Hogan also popped up in a 1987 Liza Minnelli film called Rent-A-Cop. So there's a, there's a nice queer really? link. I think he was in a he was in like one of those Giallo uh, sorry Giallo jet set films as well called Human Cobras wow. and he was in a sort of Star Wars rip off as well from Italy but I can't quite remember the name at the moment it's something right. like War of the Planets I think it's called okay but yeah he's been in a few things old uh, old Hogan yeah he was in uh, I was sort of scouting about the internet earlier and he's in a film called I think it's Rain in Naples or Naples Rain mm. and he um. He appears in a sailor suit in that film. Oh, Lord. Which, Ooh, for that no. reason alone, I think we need to track that film down. Um, Yeah, consider it done. <laughs> and so Passion Plantation is directed by Mario Pinzotti, who did some spaghetti westerns, I think. Mm. And he also did Mandinga. He um, didn't do much else, really, did he? He had a quite small for... filmography. <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite relieved that he didn't, <laughs> really. Um so there we go. Um, yeah. So this film came along at kind of the tail end of black exploitation, didn't it? Really? Yeah. This, yeah, because the uh, black exploitation hit like late sixties, early seventies. So this is what mid seventies. So 
definitely definitely like women in prison and sort of like sex exploitation was more sort of in terms yeah. of fashion but uh yeah uh, this is not i mean it's sort of a black exploitation film but there's only elements of it really isn't there it's not like a true yeah. black exploitation film because they're usually empowering they're quite it's empowering yeah i mean the, yeah it's the thing is i mean the, the black exploitation films they were kind of they were empowering at the time for a lot of people um mm. you know this was it came along when um this sort of boomed, as you say, the late sixties, early seventies. But it was Melvin Van Peebles, was it a sweet, sweet black mm. badass song? That's how it went. It all sorts of shut yeah. out for. Yeah. And then you had Shaft and Superfly. That they were the originals, and they mm. gave voices really to black writers, directors, and actors. But also, they did get a bit of a backlash as well from more conservative black viewers, didn't they? Because they didn't like the stereotypes being reinforced yeah. in the films. Yeah. It was all based around crime and prostitution and drug taking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the old—I mean, the black characters were always considered in those films to be at least morally superior to the the white characters because the, the white so, characters were almost always like much scummier and much more reprehensible. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the well, black people were always ultimately morally good. In the end. Yeah, the, the the white people were like they were sort of cartoonish levels of villainy, weren't they? They were really they were really vile. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and if it was sort of set in the south, it would be sort of either slave owners or or hicks. And mm. if it was set in the cities, it would be sort of pushers, wouldn't it? It would be yeah, kind yeah. of um, evil drug barons hiding behind the the veneer of clean white corporate. Absolutely, yeah. America, really. Um, I mean, you can't watch, I think, you know, you can't watch Coffee or Foxy Brown and think for a minute that that, that uh, Pam Greer is in any way not a heroine throughout those oh, films. Absolutely you know, not. No. Absolutely rules the screen. So mm. the, dif- the difference here with Passion Plantation is there's zero artistic merit. <laughs> um, no, no. And, <laughs> and the sort of, and the sort of a sympathy or at least the empowerment of the black characters is almost entirely achieved just by default because everyone else is so terrible. Well, it is, yeah. It's, and it's it's kind of fleeting as well because, I mean, we'll, we'll get to plots such as it is. But yeah. I found that when they tried to make the characters more sympathetic, it was more a kind of um, half-hearted pity that you felt for them. And yeah. it was so passive as well. So even when um we get to the point where spoiler alert, where Judith is helping Lawrence with the snake bite, mm. she's all she's so passive and genial throughout it. There's no kind of balls to that character whatsoever. It's almost um, well, yeah, well like I say we'll talk more about it later, but yeah. I think it's because they just gave so little thought to the actual like yeah. the, good, the good sides of the characters that totally. they just got they just got too lost up in the rest of the script, which is yeah. yeah. Dismal, yeah. to say the least. But, uh... So I, I looked back when I was doing a bit of research, I looked back at some of the other films that came before this, before kind of the black exploitation elements of the slave film came about. And um, I was I was reading about the remake of Uncle Tom's Cabin in 1965. I was reading mm. about a film called Slaves that came out in 1969, which starred Dionne Warwick. <laughs> mm, Dionne Warwick. Yeah, and um, from what I could gather, so while they were trying to get black audiences to come and see something that wasn't necessarily just a cheap exploitation film, they were still marketed in that way. So the posters had images of like Dionne Warwick stripped and being examined by slave owners, and they had taglines like "See, feel, taste the blood whip of the bloody whip of truth," you know. So they had that kind of exploitative, lascivious feel. Yeah, um, well, I mean, so the, the poster, the poster for this film, Passion Plantation, yeah. um, rips on roots, doesn't it? Because it basically says this is where yes. roots were planted. You know, like yeah. trying to make the idea of roots into a, into a sexy, a sexy <laughs> sort of ranch based yeah. 
Yeah, it all, absolutely yeah. awful. And so this film is also a, basically an exploitation carbon copy of the film Mandingo, mm. which came out in 1975, um, which starred uh, people like James Mason and Susan George. Oh, yes, so that, yeah. That was a kind of, that was a that was a big earner, wasn't it? It was, it was quite a big... It was, yeah. It, it certainly set like a, a, a decent template for these sorts of films because yeah. passion plantation is actually kind of, it's the rip off of the rip off, isn't it? Because Mandingo was sort of ripped off by, uh, in a film called Mandinga, which is by the same yes, director. The same director yeah. And then yeah. this is sort of like, he, he thought he probably didn't have enough and just decided to softly remake <laughs> it again, yeah. but this time passion yeah. plantation. Yeah, and then oddly tied it in with the Emmanuel films because they were rising in popularity. So I imagine well, that Emmanuel's character must have been sort of called something else in the original script, and they've just I imagine so. Yeah. yeah, totally. So the um, yeah, um, so basically, if we tell you the plot for this film, it's also the same basic plot for Mandingo as well. And I know <laughs> that I know that just from watching the trailer. To Mandingo. <laughs> it follows the exact same, you know, almost the exact same plot. Oh, so we so we begin the film with there. Uh, we it's it kind of just starts, doesn't it? There's no kind of easing in there. It's just there. Well, I mean, there's some nice seventies psychedelic Aboriginal art going on yes. in the opening credits. Which, there is that. <laughs> because strange. why not? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we uh, so it opens with Emmanuel and her father, doesn't it? Talking at the plantation, mm-hmm. and we we get within like a couple of minutes, we get to see that Emmanuel is sort of ruthless, and she's saying things like, "Even though I'm a woman, I do everything." Mm. And she's she's ruthless, and she's treating the slaves like shit. Well, she accuses um, her dad of going soft, doesn't she? Because yeah, he seems he's basically saying he wants to retire from being yeah. so vicious almost to the slaves. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "No, no, no, I need to keep it up." You get an element of that, don't you, throughout the film where the older characters are kind of moving into a new era, really. They are sort of tiring of being the evil white man and they, they are mm. going soft, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah. for want of a better expression. And Emmanuel is very much Ilsa, she-wolf of the plantation, isn't she? she she's yeah. uh, cracking the whip. And she finds. I loved um, how um, I loved how her dad calls her my little magnolia blossom. Just like such a strange mouthful to call your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch so that? Yes, yeah, it's so southern. It's, you it know, is. That's yeah. Now that guy, yeah. the, the the dad was um, mm-hmm. the Serafino Profumo, and he play he always plays like the bad sweaty guy in like these sorts <laughs> of films. Like he was in SS Experiment Camp. He was in the other SS Camp Five Women's Hell. And he was in um, a pair of films, Escape from Hell and Hotel Paradise, which are like yeah. women in prison films that are set in the jungle. But he's always the absolute sweaty, like rapey arsehole with the whip who's like attacking women. So for for once in this film, it's actually refreshing to see him just not take that role so seriously and so prominently. So he's actually in the background for this film, which is a bit odd, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So that guy is that. So he is relatively benign in this film, which yeah. tells you. That's what I mean. <laughs> just, just, yeah, it tells you what kind of film you're watching, really. <laughs> so we meet Lawrence quite quickly as well. Mm. So Lawrence does does he live on like a neighboring plantation? Is that what it is? He's like Going a well, not a rival, but like a sort of um, like a, a neighbor landowner. Yeah. You know, yeah, quite a and, prominent one. 
he's quite prominent and he's he's sort of well to do and handsome and all all of that. And mm. he and um he and Emmanuel kind of hit it off. Um, we know straight away that he's got intentions for a, well, basically because of the line of dialogue. I intend to take advantage of you. <laughs> I know it's um, like with, within two minutes they've already planned to take over Daddy's plantation, yeah. and then they kind of I don't know, consummate it by screwing in the woods. They do, yeah, they do it twice, don't they? In the first time, the camera pans away. So I, I was thinking to myself, oh shit, are we watching the the version with all the sex cut out? But yeah. then they have a second go at it, and we do see more. So that you know, at least that was a, some sort of relief. It's- Sort of there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit half-assed, but yeah, okay, we can we can work yeah. with it. It is um, it is half-assed, but I was I was quite enthralled by her blue eyeshadow as he was going down on it. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that she just that dress would have been so so complicated to remove in like the heat of passion. So I think they ended up just lifting up her skirt, didn't they? She just lay back and thought of a you know thought of the south. She did, yeah, and she and also I'm glad that laying in the grass didn't damage her wonderful authentic seventies hair as well. <laughs> um, oh god, yeah, that hairdo. <laughs> so after she after she lets him go down on in the woods and they sort of consummate everything, she goes off for a sort of naked frolic on mm. the banks. I think it's the banks of the Mississippi. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, uh, yes, why not? Who knows? Who knows where they're going? <laughs> oh, who cares? And who cares? And we get our first tits and muff shot. Mm. And she starts frolicking and she's got Percy Hogan is playing one of the slaves. His name is Elias, and he is watching from the bulrushes, isn't he? He's watching mm. her. He's yeah. watching her sort of lather herself up and she she knows he's there. So she seduces him. She gets him to come over and uh, help her dry off. Mm. And she plays this constant sort of game with the with the slaves throughout it, doesn't she, where she will seduce yeah. them to a certain Point. and then when they get to the point where, they, where they're about to kiss her or grab her she'll turn on them and say what the hell are you doing you dirty slave and then get them horribly punished for trying it on with her yeah yeah i mean obviously it doesn't surprise me that the, she had that behavior but it, like, like you said this is a constant thing throughout the movie of like sort of whipping the slaves up into a frenzy and then basically cry, crying rape <laughs> yeah. really, as oh, soon as yeah. like she's disinterested so yeah, yeah this is the first instance and it it is a bit unfair but he gets he gets quite a strange punishment doesn't he so i, I mean, couldn't quite i didn't understand all of the punishments so they tie him down and whip him and then they sprinkle salt on the cuts which is awful but yeah. what's that what's that stuff with the poor the poor like something on his ankles I didn't understand that at all. I, I, it's almost like they were like trying to stop like the friction or something from like rubbing his ankles, but yeah. they only did it on one ankle. So I, I really strange. don't understand it at all. Yeah. I mean, the sprinkling of salt onto the wounds was a nice touch. I mean, you know, yeah. not particularly effective because the the makeup effects weren't great, but the idea was was spiteful and it was nasty enough. So yeah, nice yeah. touch. But did did you real did you notice as well they had like a pre-purposed area of stumps to tie yes. him to? Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did. And it was yeah. like they're leading him. Oh, there's some stumps for That's this so purpose. Good. <laughs> very very convenient that's just what you need isn't it when you've got a plantation though you need some well placed stumps um so lawrence comes along doesn't he after the mm. weapon sees him tied down there and he what what we think we think he's been quite decent and coming to his rescues don't we because he comes and unties him but basically yeah. he's saying he's saying i'm not doing it to be nice i just think he's more use out in the fields than tied to the, to the ground 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence is, it certainly comes across as sort of trying to be a nice person, but there's just never anything nice behind his actions at all. Well, there's never really anything nice. And I love the part where she's she's like telling him not to untie him because Elias, you know, tries it on with her. And then mm. once he does untie him, she says, well, if I get myself raped, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> <laughs> I did note that down. It's, it's just like, Okay, so it's like it's not like something serious. It's like, oh well, don't come r- crying to me. Like if I that know. happens, did I you know. also re- get the line of like, this black tried to get a hold of your Emmanuel? How would you like it if he tried to put his paws on you? I know, yes, and that just that just spun me off into a whole different scene. That I know, you know I know, right? Yeah, I was just like under my breath. Yes, please. <laughs> sadly, yes. It I'd be. like to see the alternative cut of Passion Plantation. Me too, definitely. Um, so, sticking with Elias, I'm sure there's another scene when I'm going to go straight to it. Um, Elias chopping the wood. Oh, yeah. Quite, quite the thing to say. And he's he's got a great line and he says, I'm just trimming my timber. And she goes, the flowers in my garden need trimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. Yeah, I bet. Well, they do. We saw it when she was uh, doing a naked skinny dip. Absolutely, yeah. So there's some flirting going on between those two. And she's a set, so we see that she's flirting with him whilst at the same time, back at the ranch, back at the plantation, Lawrence is flirting with her house girl, Judith. Yes. Well, groping her, really. Well, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a strange idea for I've been watching these I films mean, too much. <laughs> like just reaching out and grabbing someone's ass, arguably can't really be flirting. <laughs> you do talk us the same bars I do, Andy. <laughs> oh, so basically, they spend the whole time having these sorts of sex games, don't they? Where they will flare with the slaves, get themselves all revved up, and then have sex with each other. That's yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, they have a, a sort of prolonged sort of sex scene where I did enjoy Lawrence's hairy ass. I must say, I'm not yeah. Lie. I mean, I was I was actually just glad though to just to see some kit off this time. I mean, because yeah. we've had what like two sex scenes already, and they were virtually you know non explicit really. Yeah, but yeah, yeah th- th- there was actually some bum action going on. So yeah, yeah, at least appreciating it on that level. I was very much appreciating it. I, I, I was quite baffled by some of the ways that they were proposed to be having sex, though. There was a bit where they were basically just rubbing their hip bones together. Yeah, because the, the, there was one time, and I genuinely so, was so confused, because you could, I couldn't see Lawrence's head, and I wasn't sure who was on top for quite a long time. Oh, and, then too, when, yeah. and, then, and then when his head came, I was like, oh, I thought that was Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah. There were moments, though, but I think because the way the the, the framing on it as well, because I think the cut that we watched is clearly that's something that's been uh, given any love or attention or, or remastering. Oh, absolutely not, no. It's quite a tight pan and scan looking cut, wasn't it? So yeah, I think yeah. You couldn't really wait. It was the same with the later with the, the, the two slaves wrestling as well. There were loads of moments there where I got a bit dizzy because it was so tight. You couldn't really see yeah, what going on. Yeah, I, I can't see this film though getting... Like a sort of remastering treatment, unfortunately. It's gonna, yeah, it's not going to be on ATA films anytime soon. Or, no, uh, absolutely not. No. Criterion, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, he. Uh, so we see that Lawrence, after their sex, he goes off and he's still sort of horned up, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. And back at his ranch, one of his help, <laughs> one of one of his helpers basically says, you know, there's, there's like a new slave girl who's arrived 
and um, Lawrence basically threatens any man who gets to gets to it before him. Yeah, he says uh, they'll be castrated, mm. and then he rapes the new slave girl. Yeah, quite a nasty scene, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's, they're yeah, always going to be nasty these scenes, yeah. but there is a real focus on like kind of showing her as she's struggling a little, and it's a bit like, yeah, this is, um, yeah, it's yeah. not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. And then <laughs> but, uh, I shouldn't laugh, but I will. Um, the bit where <laughs> his dad comes down and starts telling him off. And you think for a moment, oh my God, is his father actually condemning him for raping this poor girl? But he's only condemning him because, because he did it, it in the house and not in the stables. Yeah, that was a bit like, wow, okay. And yeah. even Lawrence is like, well, I prefer room service and no straw tickling my ass. Yes. <laughs> Because his dad has basically suggested, if you're going to do that, then just do it in the stables. And you're saying, yeah. "Wow, okay." So yeah, that's that's clearly it's that type. Of, it's that type of family. It is, yeah. And then uh, one of the male slaves, who I think his name is Sam, mm. he shoots at Lawrence in revenge for raping the girl. Yeah. Well, uh, misses. <laughs> he shoots. Shoots at him, but misses quite badly. <laughs> well, I mean, he gets he gets the revolver very quickly, doesn't he, from one of the other yeah. slaves? But instead of just like concealing it and really planning out the action, just really stupidly fires it instantly and misses. And uh, you just yeah, it, that scene could have been so much better because then it, yeah, well, showing that they had the gun might have like led to some decent tension maybe later. But no, just instantly yeah. the money shot yeah. is instantly blown. It's, it's really there. And then when he's actually chased as well, it's like really poorly directed and it's really, there's no sort of choreography in there, is there? It's, it's, it's no. just sort of. And the, just, the, the slave doesn't even look particularly bothered that he's been caught. No, no he's not. No. <laughs> it's just kind no. of, it's almost like, I don't know, you've been caught like trying to snatch a cookie from the jar. <laughs> so I, I, love, I love and... the, um, <laughs> sorry, I, lo- I love that one of the ranchers though, he just says, Can I beat him to death, sir? Wow. <laughs> I know. And he's like, nope. Nope, you've got they've got other plans for him really, haven't they? More sadistic plans than that. Yeah. That include nudity. So <laughs> um then um so he's basically we get to see Lawrence as much of a as much of a cunt as Emmanuel, really. Yeah. And then not happy with that, he then sexually assaults Judith again at back at the plantation before Emmanuel's dad intervenes. And then him and Emmanuel's dad kind of have a bit of a bonding over their shared, their hatred. shared sort of, <laughs> hatred, you know, machismo. Well, that's what it oh, is, no. isn't it? Because he says that I'm glad that I can talk with you man to man or something like that. And it's just like, well, like discuss the fact that you're raping your house staff, yeah. <laughs> like quite openly. I mean, and the other thing is that how just how horny is this guy? Because it's like he's he's pretty much raped everything that's alive on the screen at this point. It's like does he, <laughs> does he ever like have a break? <laughs> the only thing hornier than this guy is Emmanuel. Well, yes, but I mean, even she just can't deal with it halfway through. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, she always bottles her at the last minute. She does. So she so so he tries on with Jesus, and then. Just after the confrontation with Emmanuel's dad, a, a snake pops up from nowhere. Mm. I mean, karma in solid him. form, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, karma intervenes, a snake bites him. And then Judith, despite how she's being treated, comes to his rescue. She, she uses a home remedy to stop the poison mm. taking hold. This is a natural uh, antidote to the poison. 
So yeah. she, she actually saved his life, and she's uh, she says, "Love thy neighbor. We're different colors, but we're all God's children." <laughs> I mean, Which you is know, if, if, if in another film might have been a sensitive moment, but in this, it's just so throwaway. It's, it's yeah. The funny totally. thing was when it so when she sort of brings him up to the room, there's this like really jangly haunting music that happens and when she says the line this is how my people cure a snake bite i was almost convinced that she was just going to kill him somehow but no yeah. it didn't work out that way no it would have been much better if she did and it'd be, be, it would have know, been an interesting been... film then because you'd think well actually what's going to happen now <laughs> exactly yeah totally so Emmanuel is very jealous of the whole thing and she she sort of she attacks Judas, doesn't she um, yeah but this is where Judith reveals that she's also called Emmanuel. <laughs> just... I mean, it, it's almost like Nilbog is spelled backwards from Troll 2. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, for goodness sake, of course your middle name is Emmanuel, because why not? Because why else would we retitle the film Black Emmanuel, White Emmanuel? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Funnily enough, there was the shot of like when Judith's actually sort of squatting down and picking flowers, and there's that well in the background almost like sort of accidentally reminded me of the opening of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like just the kind oh, of wow. framing of it. And yeah, instead yeah. of meeting a prince though, like Snow White, she gets like half drowned you know, by like the, <laughs> like the evil stepmother type thing. Yeah. But I'm almost positive that that's just purely accidental because the cinematography in this film is not particularly amazing. No, I mean, as I say, the cut that we watched, you couldn't, you can't really tell too much from it, but no. but you you can tell that it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, know, you can. I mean, tell that it's the the period is not too badly defined. Like it's it's definitely southern. Like there's lots of tree, you know, palm trees. There's the sun, nice sunsets, but the rest of it is basically shit because the cinematographer has pretty much only done porn or women in prison pictures, which well, yeah. that's arguably porn anyway. Yeah, he's he seems to have only done porn. So this Snow White and Seven Dwarfs comparison, I'm pretty sure it's purely accidental. Unless it's that porn version where she shags all dwarfs. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you never know. Could be. Could oh, be. That, that, I think that came after this. Oh, so I've heard. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's around this part that we start to we see that Lawrence starts to have a bit of an epiphany, doesn't he? Yeah. He starts saying, "A, a black angel saved me." Hmm. So it's a bit of an about ten, and we're thinking, oh, yeah. you know, is, is this is this um, you know exploitation's first instance of an ex-racist? Yeah, is, is are we going to have some sort of redemption? Are we going to have you know an uplifting turn of events? But no, no. Back no. on the back at the plantation, Emmanuel is punishing Sam, the slave who shot Lawrence, um, by having his woman. Well, she's she's sort of sexually assaulted by one of the other slaves. Yeah, and but then they forced, then they? forced Yeah, they're forced at knife point, pretty much. So because yeah. they say if you don't do this, if you don't like sort of rape your friend's wife or woman, we'll catch you. Yeah, we'll cut your cock. we'll cut your cock off. Yeah. So basically, the slave owners are wanting a bit of a live sex show, aren't they? Pretty much. And, yeah. And then to be more sadistic, they make Sam watch whilst his his woman is. Uh, sexually assaulted by another slave. But it's, then... a, it's a strange scene, though, isn't it? Because what well, is happening yeah. is clearly, you know, it's a sexual assault. You know, it, it's a rape of both of them. But they're yeah, kind of yeah. having almost a raucous time of it and not particularly, I don't know, they don't seem to be reacting very 
under duress. Well, because yeah, because you know, at the bones of it, the story is that it's a sexual assault on both these people. The man and the woman are being exploited by the evil slave owners, mm. but then they, then they suddenly remember, oh, but we need to be titillating as well. Yeah. So then they throw in they throw in some porny music, and then they have the sex suddenly is like gyrating and sensual, and, and it's you know, and it's like I'm, consensual almost. I'm quote, I'm quote quote-unquote signs erotic you know it's, yes. it's that's the, yeah that's the way it's played um but lots i mean lots of shots of his bouncing bottom which you know i wasn't um i wasn't complaining about but <laughs> it, it, was, so, it was definitely one of the highlights unfortunately <laughs> it's, yeah. it's one of the <laughs> that's what I'm, that's, unfortunately because you have to say like uh, technically like a rape scene was one of the most memorable bits well, that's it. It's like a rape scene play, yeah. played for wanks, isn't it? It, it is really. But it, even Sam's reaction, though, is very strange. Did you did, did you kind of make a note of like what he was saying? No, sorry, what what he well, looked like? Yeah, because he was kind of at first you think he's horrified, but then I'm sure one of the last shots of him in the scene is him licking his lips. He is. He is. So he clenches his fist at first, obviously you know angry, but then. He's definitely turned on, so it's almost like it's a it's a cuckolding scene, almost like yeah. he's actually yeah, being turned on by seeing someone else give it to his his wife. But then in the so next this, shot again, he's got a tear in his eye. So, so that's, that's the mixed messages of it, these films. This, though, this is a, so yeah, this is a very dodgy gray area in terms of consent and non consent. It's exploitation at its basis, is it? It's that kind Absolutely. of we have to be shocking. We have to be shocking. We have to follow the story through in some way, but at the same time, we have to be porny. We have to have some moments of, um, you know, sexual arousal. Mm. So it's just throwing everything together and not really care and what kinds of combination it, it makes, really. Absolutely. Um, it seemed to be a thing, though, in the 70s, didn't it, of, like, yeah. framing a sexual assault as erotic and kind of not really thinking too much about it. Quite common in these sorts of films anyway, but... It's it is a bit of a curio to see them like all this time yeah. later, and to think that this was actually designed to to get someone's rocks off. Yeah, that's the shocking part, isn't it? So you could you could watch these films, especially the, a film like this. You could watch Passion Plantation and not necessarily be shocked by the stuff you see in it because you've seen it all hundred times by now. Yeah. But you're shocked by the intention of it. <laughs> you're yeah, shocked absolutely. by the fact that it was yeah. for that reason, you know. <laughs> Um, so after this, we see Emmanuel still crazy jealous of Lawrence's bond with Judith. Mm. So she she essentially tries to have Judith raped. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, did it you out. see a teapot, by the way? Oh, no, I never noticed. Oh, the, no, just the tea that she poured looked absolutely filthy. Oh, <laughs> it looked, it looked, looked really thick oh. and like motor oil. Uh, sorry, it's just, oh. the only reason I noticed it was because before I watched the copy that we actually watched, I just quickly ran through it, and one of the moments that it dinged on was that teapot. And I remember thinking, "That is a filthy <laughs> teapot, <laughs> absolutely disgusting." The most homosexual moment of our episode. There, <laughs> the We've teapot peaked. was disgusting. <laughs> We've peaked. Yeah, the most shocking thing about this film is the dirty teapot. Uh, Emmanuel basically gets the cronies to to beat, um, to beat Lawrence up in the street, mm. and then. She drags Judith out, throws it on the floor, and says, "Now rape this bitch right here in front of him." <laughs> I 
mean, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, I just thought it's going to happen. I didn't actually think that Lawrence would save her and shoot the shoot the would be rapists. I just assumed. I thought it was know, just going to be another time. you know cue the music yeah, and then it let it happen again. So yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that fight scene just before him was so shite. I mean, so half fast. Yeah. But yeah, There's so many half-assed fight scenes aren't there you know and you get the you know when you get the impression when you watch the cast that they're kind of a little bit like oh i've got to do this okay let's just get it over with yeah like yeah. like they almost feel a little bit silly and actually try when they get to do it and they they do it without much intention like they they just think oh we've just got to get it over with so let's just do it so yeah. Lawrence has a great line here where he says it'll be my pleasure to see you rotten hell my little nymphomania <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did make a note of that too. But talk about the talk about the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, this is a guy that literally couldn't keep it in his pants enough to have like a cup of tea. Like he just full on assaulted the maid. <laughs> it's like and then goes and then goes straight away after this scene to have sex with her as I, well. We you know what? That, that is, I actually wrote that in my notes because I was like, you've tried to rape her once. She's just been nearly gang raped. Is she really going to be up for consensual nookie just a few hours later? And not only that, but they play they actually play this one like a genuine love scene as well. It's they like do. love making. And it's like she's enjoying the, the, it. There is no way that psychologically she's gonna be prepared for anything like this. Like as in like for, for anything to be sort of morally correct, <laughs> there is no chance that she is going to be up for this. Although this was actually the point where I noticed that all the sex scenes just tend to end with zooming in on the woman's face. Right. Okay. I, I didn't even notice that until this one. I was like, "Yeah, it, it it always just ends by zooming in on the woman's face and blurring out." So there's some pattern to it. Then there's an actual there's there's an actual uh, recurring there image is. throughout the. There is. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the editing in this film is a bit weird, anyway. But I don't understand why because the guy who did it was um, uh, Eugenio Alabiso, and he's worked on like almost everything in Italy. So he did like Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward and torso really? yeah he he was like sergio martino's editor of choice really oh and he worked and he on had... like so many giallo films so you just wonder where his talent went on this one i mean probably down well he was probably thinking this is i'm just gonna get this over with <laughs> exactly i mean it's either that or just that the shots that he had to work with were so shit that he just tried to make the best of a bad situation that's, true. So, that's very true yeah so after the love making scene we then get to the moment where the plantation workers goad the two slave guys into a into like a shirtless wrestle, mm. uh, which isn't without its merit for me personally. No, um, I agree. Um, we get them sort of uh, wrestling in the mud, and um, it's the plantation workers are basically pitting Sam against the guy who had sex with his woman. Yeah, aren't they? That yeah. goes into a fight. Then it becomes a fight to the death because they throw uh, a knife in into. Now, it, this mix. this really did have the potential to be quite interesting, but again, it like again, all the other scenes, mm-hmm. it's just a really feeble effort, like on part quite, of the actors. It's quite lethargic, isn't it? They sort of just flop themselves around the place, really. Um, I mean, a lot of the fight know. scenes are basically like the guys latching onto each other's shoulders and rolling for several feet, and it's like, yeah, yes, but come on, like there's no punches being thrown; it's just tussling. Like sort of rough yeah. and tumble, like playground mentality. So, yeah, not not particularly great. But you know what? When I think about it, I want to say to these black male actors who are in this horrible slave exploitation film, good on you for being so fucking shit and making it even worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, um, God. 
so they fight to the death. Sam kills the guy and then he attacks the evil white men until they shoot him. So he's dead too. And yeah. then Lawrence shoots them. Lawrence comes along and shoots one of them. Yes. I, I mean, that was the only sort of like bit that made me eyes kind of, you know, stop drooping and think, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. something, I guess. Yeah. So he shoots them. And then there's the great line, blood is the same color. <laughs> well, yeah, again, I think in another movie, perfect line, but it's just a bit wasted yeah. here, really, isn't it? Also, also throughout the film, there are these hackneyed attempts on there to be progressive and have a line in there that's all about, oh, my God, slavery was so awful. We're here to condemn it, and we've got hope for a better future. But at the same time, they're just being really, making really exploitative trash. I was going to say, yeah, it's you can't really sort of say anything poignant about it when you're exploiting the very tropes exactly. that you're trying to yeah. condemn. So, yeah. yeah. She so we have Emmanuel finally seducing Elias into her bedroom as well. Yeah, where he confesses that he's always loved her. Yeah, I did hear that. So, yeah, strange one really, because then that yeah. kind of that kind of causes her to stop again, doesn't it? She stops and then says, "Have I've had my thrill, black boy?" Mm. She whips at <laughs> them, chases them, and then gets a bath. And I just that's just it. I think there there are literally no redeeming features to this woman no. at all. She, you know, I, she's I, like I actually she, wrote in my notes, like at this point, it's like, what's wrong with her? Just take the black dick already. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought like she's she, it's almost like she's teasing us, the audience, yeah, with like with what she's gonna do, and then it's like, oh come on, just run, go through with it for God's sake. Just just I know, how could you not? Um so she's uh it was this point, so I was like, she really is a bit like Ilsa, but mm. This actress is no Diane Thorne. No, she's not. No. You know. And Ilsa was written with, with glee as well. You know what I mean? And mm. Ilsa is reprehensible, horrible film. That, But that character is so gleefully wicked mm. and played so gleefully wicked that you can't help but, but love watching her on screen. Yeah, she's, but it's, she's, this um, is the opposite. she's magnetic, really, isn't she? But um, yeah. Yeah, Melissa Longo was always sort of like middle tier um, exploitation films, unfortunately. But this, yeah, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is the bath scene when she's just like kind of scrubbing herself. I mean, on one hand, it's clearly obviously trying to be titillating again, but there is like a there's almost like a bit of subtext that she just she's actually just such a racist person that she just can't deal with the fact that a black person can like hold her. You know, like I know. She, so it's yeah. almost like she's trying to scrub off like the blackness that they've almost yeah. tainted her with in her eyes, but unfortunately, it's it, it she doesn't go anywhere near her eyeshadow and lipstick. <laughs> so it's a, she doesn't. No, she it's doesn't. Still on, and, on, and, on, <laughs> and on that, um, Ben uh, remarks when we were watching it that Judith also has access to an eyebrow pencil and mascara while she was a slave girl. <laughs> so you know, it wasn't all bad. You know. She clearly, clearly, she stole into the mistress's quarters. Yeah, yeah, yes, illegally, and just took the makeup. That's what she was doing. And the thing is, um, it's it's from from here you see that Judith is now suddenly in love with Lawrence as well, Mm. and it's like really. So after all this time of being abused by this by this man and his kind, she's suddenly madly in love with him. And it's only been a few days, really, isn't it? I mean. Well, certainly the timeline that seems to be shown is that this has just happened in a few days' time because it's all happened very, very quickly and got out of hand, like, very swiftly. 
did a load of close-ups. So, so we have the actual sex scene then with, with Elias and Emmanuel. And the loads of close-ups on, on his face. And I, I made that, I just wrote down, Percy Hogan really is a stunning looking man. <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely beautiful. Such a beautiful actor. Yes, he is very, very, very good looking. I actually yeah. put down like somewhere. Oh, yes. Percy Hogan is a fucking god. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Really, really he's... amazing looking actor. I'm surprised actually he didn't get more work than he did, really. Yeah. Like, I think he could have really done well, like in other exploitation films, but he, he seemed to be quite restricted to just a few of them. So it's, it's such a shame, really. I'd like to find out more about him, but there's not that much online, really. No. Because a lot. Yeah. I've just Googled it, but I accidentally wrote Per V. Hogan. <laughs> that was a Freudian oh, slip. What a, yes, Freudian slip that was. <laughs> Lots of pictures of him, but there's not really much about his life or there's, there's no biography, really. No. Um, it's a bit more than I'd expect, though, to be honest. Like, the fact that yeah. there are, like, quite a few pictures of him must That's mean true. that someone has taken notice, at least. So yeah. we've got to be grateful for at least, you know, small favours. Yeah. So she he has sex with her finally, and um, it's not it's not a patch on the sex scene with Neves and Navarro in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Oh god, it's not no. a patch. Like she actually she really got that. She got the Percy. Yeah. <laughs> she got the full Percy. <laughs> she absolutely got the full Percy. <laughs> she got a good Hogan. Well, and, I mean, because uh, that scene goes on for a while in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, doesn't it? Because she's yeah. almost like kind of preparing herself beforehand by staring at him in the tent. So it's almost yeah. like we get the foreplay as well. Yeah. This is just so like, she, <laughs> just done. Just, it's just done. And it's not done with any flair or, or, or passion or anything. It's just there. Mm. So she then accuses him of trying to rape her. She, she screams, doesn't she, from the window? He tried to rape me. Yeah. I mean, what's it, she, she, doesn't she play like, she plays like a little sad sob story type thing at first, doesn't she? And there is a moment, yeah, where she says, like, she's, she says, I'm a spoiled, selfish brat. Yeah, I'm spoiled and superficial. I'm a selfish, empty little bitch. And, and you, do, you do sort of think to yourself, don't you? Oh, my God, is this is, Yeah, is, is she actually breaking down the barrier, you know, and saying, actually, yeah, I know I'm spoiled and I can't help it, yeah. sort of thing. And then, because yeah. that's what finally convinces him to actually kind of give in, because obviously, learning from pre-past experience, he's not... He's not that stupid to just fall for the trick again, knowing that she's just probably just going to yeah. call the guards. But then, yeah. yeah, that's what convinces him to actually finally do it. And, yeah, like you said, she wakes up in the morning and just does a complete 180 and cries rape well, again. She, does. she essentially says, doesn't she, you fell for my you fell for my sub story and then yeah. laughs at him and, and, and it's like you're right, You're right, you are just an object. Because that's what he, yeah. that's what he himself has said that you don't see me as a human being. You just see me as less than even a slave. You see me as an object to be used. Yeah, yeah. So he runs off and is chased, hunted down, and she goes as well, doesn't she? So Manuel sort of chases after him as well. Well, she says and that then... basically she's going to use his death as a way to vindicate herself. Yeah. So whatever that means. I mean, well, she's, she's, exactly. she's a complete traitor to the women's movement. <laughs> she, she is beyond any kind Actually, of Actually, the, 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 the women's movement even happened at this point. <laughs> so, no probably not. Um, so uh, so there's, a chase, there's a chase across the plantation. He, she, does, she shoots him, doesn't she? She shoots him in the back. Yeah, because she, as usual, she tries to get her cronies to sort of do the dirty work for her, but he overpowers them and 
kills them. So she just takes them as into her own hands and kills him. Yeah, totally. She kills him. And then um, a crap end to a crap film. She is, Emmanuel is killed by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so the guards shoot her through the trees because they think it's, they it's, think it's Elias. Yeah. They shoot her through the trees and she she sort of flops down. And then Lawrence and Judith run to her side. And then we have this fucking bizarre moment where Mother Teresa, Judith, comforts her as she dies. Yeah. And she, she says, it's never too late to free ourselves of hatred and fear. <laughs> and then, well, she basically says, I love you all. And then promptly dies. All. So we have this strange sort of plonked in moment of redemption. Mm. For Emmanuel, as she dies, she suddenly dies surrounded by love and, and wishing love on all the slaves uh, just as she goes. And, you know, even the way I've just described it, 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 there's more thought gone into me taking the piss out of it that went into writing it. You know, Absolutely. it's just. Absolutely. It's just I so mean, bad. My notes at the end basically say so the spiteful bitch kills Elias, then gets, a, then gets herself shot in brackets, yeah. fucking A. and then has an epiphany within two seconds and declares that she loves everyone what the actual fuck is this film i think the, i think um i think the films it's trying to ape are films that do in one way or another try to carry a message of hope and i think um so so they were films like mandingo and stuff they they kind of took on slavery in a way that wasn't a popular way to do it because they they didn't glamorize it. They didn't romanticize the white people in the way that like Gone with the Wind and all those films mm. from the forties did. They didn't do any of that, but they did sort of try and I think they tried to be sort of hopeful in their message that people can change and the world did change after that. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's the end of this film. It that that's its attempt at something similar. You know, I think they're trying yeah. to do the same thing but you know they were completely inept in making the film work on any other level so it just doesn't work on this level either you know well, none it, of them it's just the way land. that it's um it's the way that it's just structured too because less than two seconds ago you know she was a screaming spitting harridan like still she was still yeah. the racist horrible person and then who mur- murdered someone yeah, who's, who's <laughs> literally just murdered someone that she tried to have killed any you know what i mean there's so much like reprehensible behavior and it can't just be forgiven on like a kind of deathbed thing within two seconds. So yeah. yeah. And then there's the kind of, you know, the fact that Judith and Lawrence just kind of bugger off into the sunset quite literally. And it's the end. They do. Yeah. They wander off into the sunset, some sort of romantic ending for them. It's, It's just really strange. So basically in a nutshell, the film is, is as reprehensible as the poster would suggest. Yeah, it's, it's a sex exploitation film about slavery, and and you know if I describe a film to to you as that, then that it's exactly that. That's yeah. nothing else. Its biggest you know. sin, though, of course, is that not just not just the fact that it's a sex exploitation film set on a a slavery ranch, but it's not a really good one. It's a genuinely terrible, well, go, yeah. drawling, like insipid one that doesn't really have anything to it other than some exactly. well. Other than some good-looking actors, really, that's the only thing it really yeah. has going for it. 
it's been cobbled together with with you know flesh on show but you know what if you want to see any of these people naked then they've probably been naked in a better film than this yeah percy hogan especially in emmanuel and the last cannibals give that a look um because you will not regret that um and melissa longo who is Emmanuel, she's in Salon Kitty. I'm sure she's probably naked in that. Yes, everybody is. Yeah, I think she's one of the kind of unnamed ladies in stockings and during one of the scenes. She, she only has yeah. a fleeting moment in Salon Kitty, but um, she's even in Elsa. Like I said, she's the main character, Elsa. Uh, sorry, Ilsa. Is yeah. it Elsa? Yeah, Elsa, the ripoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even that that film has just as terrible an ending as this, so I wouldn't right. actually recommend that, that film either. Yeah. That one is actually just as bad. If in fact, actually, I'd say <laughs> that one's worse. The ending on. Oh wow! Really? Okay. Uh, right. Yes, just because of the taste it leaves in your mouth, and that's not I even see. a good thing. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah. So, but you know what? It's it's a it's, I, the, I love delving into the cesspit of these exploitation movies because when you you know you you come up with some gems but you also come up with some absolute stinkers and that's what this is yeah i mean the thing is i had fun discussing it and as long as you get something kind of good out of watching it in any way i I guess it's sort of a success i don't think i'd ever watch this again really no (laughs) busy big night Time you learn to obey. You'll do what I want. No, it's not gratitude. The way I feel about you. I'll have you whipped to death. It'll be slow and painful. <laughs> now rape this bitch here, right in front of him. It's him or you, so you gotta kill him, Elias. We're not animals. There are there are great black exploitation movies out there that for all the elements that are deemed problematic these days there are um some fabulous empowering roles in there for for black women as well and pam greer is an an icon you know because of these because of those films i'm not lumping any of foxy brown or coffee or sheba baby with in with 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 this plantation (laughs) but you'll probably see them you probably see them both mentioned when you when you're looking into black exploitation films but you know they're the two it's a spectrum, isn't it? And this one falls falls to the the shitty end of that spectrum, mm, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but there you go. I enjoyed laughing at it with you. I enjoy being horrified by it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean the thing. The thing is, I think before we even sort of started watching it, we we had the idea that it might be a lot of fun because the poster certainly suggested so. And it looked like it yeah. was going to be one of those kind of campy or like at least enjoyable sexploitation yeah. films. But this, it reminds me of um, a Eurocine film. Have you ever, uh, have you ever heard of Eurocine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like where the, the photography and the, like the look of the actors is probably the only decent thing. They're all just kind of, of cobbled together really cheaply and they kind of use each yeah. other's footage. This one could easily to me have like been one of those films. One of them. Like yeah, I, I, I feel like you could rip some of the footage from this edit it into another equally shitty film and no one would be any of the wiser you know well nobody had noticed because they just came to to have a wank didn't they basically that's, that's pretty much what pretty much there for. I'm not... and i came oh go on go on 
No, I was going to say I came, I, I came to be I came to be appalled and horrified, but amused and you know watching through through my fingers, and I never really got any of that. I just got like bored, basically. Yeah, you know? that's the problem with it. It's it's so like laborious to watch because yeah. a lot of it is basically just wandering around and yeah. like really droning talk that's absolute just nonsense, and it's all filler. And then suddenly you'll, you'll get a sex scene, but even then it's kind of just half-arsedly done, and you just think, well, if you didn't make an effort to hump each other properly, why should I? Give, why should I give some effort of watching you? So, I agree. Yeah, I it's agree. Uh, yeah, not a good, not a good one. But I had fun talking about it. Me too, and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, well, that was great. Thank you for joining me, Andy. Um, no when are you? Have you got any more nasty pasty episodes coming out? Um, not really not definite not for definite i there i don't i've got a list that i want to work through but it's one of those ones where it's like as and when i want to do it it's it's not like yeah, a, yeah. a specified schedule at the moment because of what's going on so um but certainly i think um, i'm going to be doing one probably in the next month or so and it'll be oh, a, it'll be a giallo film i think the girl in room Ooh. 2a is the one i want to do fabulous quite, quite an obscure uh, one so it, yeah i've never heard of that one yeah so the the list that I'm going to do next is going to be it's it's going to be more exploitation stuff that uh, would have been on the normal nasty pasty show anyway. But these ones are going to be like extra obscure, so ones that are like you know no one will have heard of. I love it. So really, and, um, it, it was a task to try and find them anyway. <laughs> if if people want to listen to your the episodes that you've already recorded, where can they find it? Um, so I'm on. Uh, iTunes, uh, Podbean, the usual places, or you can just follow the page and you'll have links on there. Um, Nasty Pasty Pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Johnny Larkin on Twitter. So if you've got any feedback, do drop me a line. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sleazy Queens. Hope you're enjoying this foray into the, the lowest of the low exploitation. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with something disgusting for you to enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.